Diversity, it might be what's holding your team back and you may not know it yet and may not know how to solve it. For that reason, I'm really excited to tell you that Data Futurology has established a partnership with She Loves Data and we're doing a series dedicated on improving diversity in your organization, in your teams, in your workplace, so you can get the most value out of your teams, out of your data and create products that the market really wants. Tune in every week as we speak with executives and female leaders from all over the world on how they have targeted and improved the diversity on their teams. And you can find out what we can learn from them. We are thrilled as a She Loves Data to be part of the Tough Futurology podcast, where we will showcase some female leaders, but the leaders from tech industry. And we will be talking about strategies, about data, about biases, and about diversity. Join us. I wanted to say a big thank you to our sponsors. One of our sponsors is Shine Solutions Group. Shine Solution Group is a technology consultancy that has been empowering their enterprise and government partners with pragmatic technology solutions for over 20 years. Learn more at shinesolutions.com. Also a big thank you to SAS, giving you the power to know. Through innovative software and services, SAS empowers and inspires data advocates around the world to transform data into intelligence. Committed to diversity, did you know about the Women in Analytics Network that they have? It's a SaaS-sponsored networking program aimed to strengthen diversity in the analytics field. Check it out in the show notes below. They're definitely committed to it as they're helping us with this diversity series too. I also would like to tell you about Growing Data. Growing Data is a consultancy that helps organizations unlock the full potential of their data. They work with some of Australia's most successful organizations from finance. They work with people like ANZ Bank, through to biotechnology companies like CSL, and all the way to construction, working with companies like Metricon. They help these and many more companies solve their most challenging data-related problems in analytics, machine learning, data engineering, and data governance. While I was at ANZ Bank, I got the pleasure to work with the team at Growing Data, and I can tell you for a fact, they are top-notch. I highly recommend Growing Data. Find out more at growingdata.com.au. Also, a big thank you to Talent Insights. Talent Insights are Australia's leading data specialist recruitment business. They are experts in recruitment strategy and delivery for analytics and data teams. They are the go-to recruitment business for all your data roles in Australia, and they can help both with permanent hires and short-term project-focused data resources. I've used Talent Insights in the past, and I've always found them fantastic to work with. Visit them at talentinsights.com.au. Hi, this is Felipe Flores. Welcome to another episode of Data Futurology. We are in our diversity series. We are currently focusing on bringing you a series called She Leads. This is in partnership with She Loves Data. And every week we are speaking to very experienced executives in the data analytics space about their journey and what is happening in the industry. Uh, today, my co-host from She Loves Data is Jana Marlesiskova. Jana, thank you so much. How are you doing today? I'm excited. This is a, such a good conversation we are going to have. So it's fantastic. Thank you. For Amazing. And our guest today, we have Su Chu So, who is the Managing Director, Group Head of Consumer Banking and Big Data slash AI 
in DBS Bank, based in Singapore. Sucho, how are you doing today? Fantastic. Thanks for having me. Ah, great to have you in the show. And we also have Teresa Roberts, who is a director, global lead for risk modeling and decisioning at SAS. Teresa, thank you so much for being on the show. How are you doing today? Thank you, Felipe. My pleasure to, to be with you. And I'm good, thank you. That is fantastic. So uh, I kick off the, the show, I'll ask you both about your, your origin story and how you got involved into, into the world of data and AI. I'll ask you first, uh, Sucho, what was your um, journey like and, and how did you first come into this space? Mm-hmm. So I've been part of uh, banking all of my career. So being part of banking, data has always been part and parcel of our business, actually. Banking is essentially a, a data business. In, in late uh, 2017, uh, DBS started an ambitious journey to become a data-driven company. I was given the mandate to drive the technology build up. At that point in time, actually, we went out of our way to look at the state-of-the-art data and AI technology amongst the leading edge company, uh, especially the, the tech companies. Uh, actually, we traveled to uh, the, the USA, China, and so on to, to mm-hmm. look at what is out there. And after that, actually, we created a technology blueprint to look at how we can really democratize the use of data and AI at the bank uh, across the board. We, we concluded that actually we needed to create a self-service uh, data and AI platform. Actually, this has been quite an ambitious uh, vision, actually, uh, mm-hmm. you know, looking back uh, where we started, because uh, it is a first of its kind at DBS a truly self-service platform that can be leveraged on its own by all the lines of businesses and the support units. And I would say that, you know, three years into the journey, uh, it has been a very, very uh, fulfilling journey. Uh, it has not been easy because uh, of the fact that it's a trailblazer and it's the first of its kind uh, in banking. Uh, we have to do a lot of education uh, to educate everybody about how to uh, do data and AI at scale. Uh, changing the practice, uh, the architecture, and the operating model. Uh, we actually named the platform Ada uh, after Ada Lovelace. Uh, all of you know that Ada is the first nice. uh, programmer in the world, of, and she's a female. Uh, and actually, Ada stands for Advancing DBS with AI. So nice. today, this uh, platform is used by more than 2,000 data scientists and data engineers, ML engineers across the banks. Wow, uh, and, and it runs many of our ML use cases that is uh, responsible for creating a hyper-personalized experience for our client uh, across the consumer bank and institutional bank. Uh, managing That include managing the cash availabilities of our ATM to make sure that uh, our ATM never run out of cash. So we use ML to predict uh, how much money, what kind of denomination we should be uh, putting in all the ATMs we have in all, all our uh, network. Uh, it is also used uh, to create a smart intervention by our call center. So when um, our client call, uh, make a call to a call center, our call center people already have some sort of idea what uh, you are possibly calling us about. Uh, and that is using uh, ML as well. Uh, and lastly, uh, end, end of last year, we introduced what we call uh, intelligent banking. Uh, that is uh, essentially a financial concierge to our customer to help you to make your financial management uh, much more um, seamless 
uh, to to remind you about bills you have to pay uh, you know your the budgeting for your spend and and so on and so forth so we call it a intelligent banking so all of these uh, use cases actually run on top of the the ada platform uh, that was uh, you know my journey in data and ai in the last uh, last four years that is that is incredible definitely i'll be asking you a lot more about that guys fantastic initiative and definitely trailblazing um not only in the in the bank uh, but in the industry that is um definitely very forward thinking um work that you guys are doing and teresa tell us tell us a little bit about your your journey uh, your origin story and and how uh, you got here today sure yes yeah, so um so as a young girl um growing up in south africa i was uh, fascinated by by patterns and and yes i had opportunity to to study computer science and uh, quantitative risk management and later finished my my master's degree and and also my doctorate in a field called data mining which is all about identifying hidden patterns um in in data so now uh, fast forward to today where we see the benefit of of using new, new technologies such as um artificial intelligence uh, machine learning in a wide range of of applications as as Suchu has has alluded to um in credit scoring it is showing um as great transformational potential to um expand uh, financial services potentially to pockets in society that that might not have had access um to to credit in the past that's correct that you uh, wrote a guidance paper for world bank on use of uh, machine learning and ai for credit scoring and studying math and then um informatics how did you actually end up in the field of risk management what yes. was the turning point yes so um so i i really liked um liked risk and of course with the the massive growth in in data and and compute power um that fitted very nicely with with my uh with my background in in maths so um so in terms of of risk i worked at a uh, for a bank in in london Uh, where we did a, a lot of quantitative um, risk management and when i when i joined sas that was um, the the right place uh, for you me was that theresa because i used to work for sas as well and i think we overlapped somewhere and the yes. data in the times when data mining you know was the word for data science yes those those good old days <laughs> um that was um let me think it was around um Uh, 2003 to to around 2012 that yeah, um but I, was, I, was, I was there i was there yes. uh, at that time back in europe uh, exciting journey with sas i have to say um situ i wanted to ask you because uh, dbs so is so well known for the innovation and you just talked about that how did you actually and you are head of innovation for dbs how do you maintain the culture of innovation and this almost like a startup mentality you know introducing so many new technologies you know um banking is traditional um industry and bringing such a innovation to quite classical you know organizational systems what does it mean and 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 how do you lead the innovation in a bank so actually uh, our previous uh, head of innovation new cross um When I first met him uh, many years ago, he said uh, he does not uh, hire any technologies in his uh, team. Uh, he does oh. not believe that innovation is technology. 
I, I fully agree with that. And actually, that's part and parcel of the mindset of innovation at DBS. Uh, technology, use of technology is not equal to innovation. And innovation is also not a special day or a special department. So, I mean, we have a small innovation team at DBS, uh, but they are, actually they believe that their job is not to innovate. Their job is to help other people uh, across the bank to innovate. We believe in letting, uh, we have 28,000 people now. Um, our CEO said we believe in letting the 28,000 flowers bloom, right? So the, the enablement by the bank is huge, actually. We provide the resources to enable everyone to be able to innovate by empowering the individuals and the team to be their most curious and creative every single day. That, uh, that is the essence of our innovation uh, uh, strategy, how, how we go about ensuring innovation is, uh, is pervasive at the bank. And you know, through the behavior enablers, the artifacts, and also the nudges, uh, we, we want to unleash the natural innovator inside everybody. We want to instill the, the passion for innovation in all our employees, whether you are a teller at a bank, you are a developer, or you are the head of the business. So it goes from the top to the bottom of the organization. Uh, everyone uh, from our CEO all the way down um, exemplifies uh, innovation in their thinking and the way they go about their work. So it's, it's really part of and parcel of how we go about solving the problem we have to solve every single day. Uh, people ask us, you know, how, how we innovate. Uh, to me, actually, um, every single uh, problem we are given to resolve, we must think about how we can actually um, do it in the most innovative way uh, to, to actually leapfrog and to actually do a, a exponential change of, and, and create a massive impact rather than do it in the incremental way. How we go about that? So this is, uh, you know, I think the, the, the fact that we have uh, the culture pervasive from the top to the bottom is how we can make a, a normal organization like uh, DBS uh, to do extraordinary things that we have been able to do in the last couple of uh, years in our yes. journey to become a digital bank. It's very impressive because I remember your initiative where you were um, teaching about 2,000 or thousands of people, you know, programming and coding. Um, I think it was last year. And now you are focusing on, um, you know, uh, testing a different technology. So, you know, there is a, when, when I hear DBS, I always have it linked to, you know, new technologies, innovation. So you've been doing a really great job. Thank you. And, and I wanted to ask uh, as a, as a follow-up in terms of when, when the innovation team works with the, with the rest of the bank, how to help them um, be more innovative and bring these innovations to, to life. What, what does that look like in terms of, of what people um, can change or, or what people do change? And if you have some, some examples and, and also if there's any, if you have any, any thoughts on how, the knowledge can be shared because um, in, in times when I've seen innovation initiatives, uh, a lot of new knowledge is being gained within the in the organization. But sometimes, uh, at least in what I've seen in the past, sometimes it's difficult to get it to that knowledge to be spread out so other people can, in, in different parts of the organization can leverage the new learnings from other other areas. Um, have you have you seen this, and how how is it that different parts of the bank can bring innovations to life in in their areas? Actually, I think the journey at DBS is uh, quite systematic. Uh, I think we we introduce a common language amongst everybody in the bank. The common language and practice is quite important. So you know we are all referring to the same thing when we are referring to this word, 
and you know the common practice makes make sure that actually you you go down a kind of so-called guide semi-guided path right in terms of uh, how, how you go about solving your problem so those were the key enabler and because of the common language there is a lot of sharing uh, in uh, different departments when when uh, you know certain things are being done the, the transfer of uh, ideas can be there because of the common knowledge and common practice that's fantastic Thank you. And I've got a question for both of you, and I'll ask Teresa first, actually, um, around some, as a lot of studies have established that the, that diversity fuels innovation. And I was wondering, um, do you have any, any examples uh, that you could share around how uh, the impact of diversity in innovation in, in different, um, different organizations or ex experiences that you've seen? Sure. Um, yes, uh, sure, Philippe. Um, I'm not sure if you've read a, uh, read a, a recent study by Deloitte, who has actually um, mentioned that firms that invest in diversity and, and innovation has uh, eight times more likelihood of, of achieving their, um, their business outcomes. So, so innova diversity and, and innovation, these are, are definitely um, competitive advantages. For, uh, for many firms. In, in risk management, we um, particularly look at the impact of, of algorithms um, that we, we are using in, in um, our society uh, today quite uh, uh, extensively, um, and especially in, in, in risk, and how these, these um, algorithms can um, uh, bias or discriminate against uh, pockets of society. And that uh, kind of um, uh, issue or challenge that we need to solve with, uh, with the algorithms can be is best um, given to a team that is diverse so that they can identify um, these biases and, and also um, uh, remediate, remediate these. I think a, a good example of that is a credit card company in, in, the, in the US who has uh, consistently discriminated against female applicants, giving them uh, lower credit limits. Um, and it's just because of, of historical um, biases that were present in the training data that the algorithms learned from um, that was perpetuated. So a diverse team would have um, been able to stop that bias from, from becoming um, operational in the way um, decisions are made within, within that firm. Well, I was uh, thinking uh, that actually you have to introduce bias to unbias your algorithm <laughs> because the, the algorithm has been trained by biased data. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and it was it was crazy to see in the example that credit card uh, company in the US where they were offering men twenty times the credit limit uh, than than the woman when they had the same exact application, the exact same finances. Um, the man was getting twenty times the credit limit. Uh, crazy. So definitely one where diversity can can help. Uh, thank you, thank you, Teresa. Uh, how about in your case, Suchu? Have you seen? Uh, examples where diversity is is helping um, fuel innovation. Definitely, actually, I've been quite fortunate because throughout my career, I have always worked in very diverse team. I have, you know, I think there are there are different type of diversity, and you know, working in different culture. Uh, you know, I have been in Japan, Hong Kong, Singapore, and of course, I spent a lot of time in an American company and American culture. It, I, I see diverse teams and diverse environment definitely encourages diverse idea and perspective. And it's through all of this diversity in, in ideas and perspective that you can create the best uh, product and services. But having said that, I would say that um, 
you know, it is always, uh, it's not easy to have a diverse team because, uh, uh, you know, if you have a lack of a commonality, uh, you tend to have a lot of friction. Uh, that has been my experience in, uh, in fact, building team because in, I have uh, spent a lot of time building teams uh, in, in my whole career. And a lot of times uh, I, I actually make it a very big point to introduce uh, quite a lot of diversity in the teams I build. So today my team is about 15 people. They come from uh, nine different countries, actually, at least. Wow. Um, so to, to make them understand each other uh, from the different background they have, whether from, from a cultural perspective, work experience perspective, is, uh, can sometimes be quite a challenge. But I would say that uh, once you manage to go through that initial phase of uh, storming and you, know, you see that you will help you to get the best, get the best re- result if you have um, a very diverse uh, group of people. And recently, actually, I read a Harvard Business uh, Review study and it says that if at least one member of your team uh, has traits that is in common with your end user, and these days we talk about digital transformation, the world is made up of 50-50 men, women, right? So if you don't have a 50% representation uh, of, uh, you know, women in in what, uh, in your roles, I think you are at risk of uh, creating a less than ideal uh, experience in any of the product and services that, uh, that you are building. So I think, you know, diversity really is, uh, is good for business. It is, isn't it? Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, Teresa, I wanted to uh, follow on, on your, um, your discussion about the, the algorithms before. And I know that in your work, you have moderated a series of webinars on AI and ML for the Global Association of Risk Management Professionals based in New York. This is incredible. So I do, I do have to ask you uh, about this. Um, can you tell us a bit more about how algorithms have become influential in society and, and, and what, what is um, happening next in that, in that space? Yes, that's right, uh, Felipe. I had um, the opportunity to interview a range of, of industry experts on um, the, the practical applications of, of AI and, and machine learning and in risk. And it's, it's a rapidly evolving field. We see um, new um, innovations and, and techniques uh, daily, and it's becoming such an intricate, intricate uh, part of our um, society, not only in, in, in banking, but how we engage with, with um, services providers and, and even with each other, which, um, which means that uh, we really need to be on top of, of the risks that um, these algorithms um, also um, contain. So, um, so we explored um, these topics in a, in a series of, of webinars um, uh, on GARP uh, for, to, to educate, uh, enable the, the industry to, to know more um, about what to, to look out for and, and also to, to bring um, regulators on board so, so that these uh, fairness and uh, fair outcomes for everybody uh, can be um, legislated. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. And um, I, I love, I have to ask you this, I love the fact that you did your PhD in, in data mining. Did you, did you think that it was going to become um, what it has become and, and uh, that, that it could get to this, to this stage when, when you're, you know, in your PhD, like in, the, in the throes of the, of the, uh, the research, I guess, in the detail, um, did, you, did you ever foresee that, that it could become the, the, this force, that this area could become the force that it has become? No, I don't think any of us could, yeah. could foretell 
uh, we used to do statistics uh, with pen and paper. I don't know if your esteemed audience will even know what, what those are. Um, um, but yes, now, nowadays with the compute power, we, we have um, at our finger, fingertips, we used to uh, code up our models, um, let the computer do, its, its, um, do the work and then go for, go for a coffee come back half an hour later, fingers crossed there wasn't a, a bug um, in the code, otherwise you'll, you'll have to do it all, all again. So no, I don't think it's, it's been um, possible to predict, um, even though we, we specialize in, in predictive modeling. Um, and it's, it's, it's just growing, right? The, the amount of digital data that is, that is currently um, available. So uh, Suchu and, and her team has done a phenomenal job over over many years in, um, in digital transformation, I think many, many firms are now realizing how, how important um, that is. Absolutely. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's amazing. Um, I wanted to actually ask you a question because I remember when I used to work for SAS, I was one of the three female country managers out of 45. Uh, and uh, this was about well, oh, years ago. And I know there has been so many activities and so many initiatives to change the diversity ratio in the tech industry. What are your organizations doing? You know, what is SAS doing? What is DBS doing today to help women in tech to grow into their careers? Um, uh, because if I look back, um, Diversity was not even a topic uh, 15 years ago, but now we see so many initiatives and that's great. So what are you doing and how's the diversity in your organizations? Sitchin. I can start first. So I think uh, for DBS, uh, you know, we, we are doing quite okay uh, um, as, a, as a company, uh, although there are some more work to do uh, from a woman in tech perspective. DBS was actually listed uh, in the Bloomberg Gender Equality Index uh, three years in a row, including this year, uh, for being one of the banks who is committed to uh, workplace uh, gender equality. So we have a multi-pronged approach to, in supporting the, the gender diversity agenda uh, in our bank. So I think we start with uh, building the pipelines, right? The, the hiring and the outreach to the woman is, is one of the key things. Um, last year, actually, we um, used a hackathon to, to recruit people. Uh, and this hackathon we have been running for three years. Uh, when we started to analyze the data, there were very few women who has joined us in, in the hackathon. And you know, the, the first year we have only 5% applicant. Last year, we, we changed the, the name of the hackathon to Hack to Hire Her from Hack to Hire. And, and we partnered with many of the um, communities uh, of uh, women to uh, extend our outreach. And the result we got was fantastic, actually. We, we grew the 5% to, to 30%. So you can see that if you put in some effort, uh, you can get a, a big uh, change in the result. Um, actually, end of this month, we are doing another uh, virtual recruitment event uh, for women in tech for more than 50 roles that we have uh, in technology at DBS uh, focusing on women. So that is another one. Um, but the pipeline can only increase if um, we encourage that from the, from the, uh, the people you know, at their young age. So, Earlier this year, before the COVID-19 come along, uh, we conducted um, coding programs for primary school girls. And it was very, very well received, you know, teaching the, the primary kids, uh, the girls, uh, you know, coding. And that actually helped to um, initiate a lot of uh, interest and uh, questions around how they can uh, actually study and go into this uh, particular area. Um, 
within the bank, I think building the awareness is a very important thing. Um, so we start with a you know a lot of speaker series. We invite companies and role models to talk to the people at the bank. So this uh, speaker series is open up to everybody. Uh, this year we launched something we call a uh, project Equali. It, it actually uh, comes from the uh, slogan for the International Women's Day this year, each for equal. So Equali refers to bringing the ally uh, and uh, each one to do something for, for you know, bringing the gender equality agenda. So that uh, we have recruited more than 100 allies across the bank to help us to champion the gender diversity agenda. Uh, coupled with uh, unconscious uh, bias training uh, that we have uh, launched mm. and uh, quite a lot of um, industry partnership that uh, we are uh, participating in. Uh, one example will be uh, the Mentor Connect uh, that uh, IMDA is, uh, is driving together with Dell. This is a cross-industry mentorship program for women in tech. So DBS is a part, part of this program as well. And I think finally creating a supportive uh, environment for your female uh, talent, uh, that's key. And job sharing, you know, uh, part-time roles and so on. These are some of the key uh, enabler to make sure that uh, the en environment is conducive uh, for, for women. Yeah, I think it's so important to actually start with the changing hiring procedures, exactly how you do that. And even changing the language for the roles that uh, you are advertising for. Um, I've heard that uh, when you change the language, you can actually get you know double the amount of the female um, candidates instead. So you, you've been doing a great job and as well reaching out to communities like the She Loves Data community. We yes. operating with you quite often. It's fantastic because uh, there is a camp of diverse women trying to get jobs with very different uh, experiences and different looking CVs. And you guys are enabling them to, to get those first jobs in a different uh, industry in tech. How is it with uh, SAS, uh, Teresa? Yes, thanks, uh, Jana. And SAS has, has always been a pioneer when it comes to uh, diversity and, and inclusion. Our um, CEO, Dr. Dr. Jim Goodnight, has a quote to say, uh, treat your employees as if they make a difference, and, and they will. So for, for women specifically, we have an internal uh, women's initiatives network that is a company of, um, of, of women. It's sponsored by, by SAS, but it's led by, by employees. And it creates a network for, uh, for working women to invest and develop their, both their professional and their um, personal um, uh, careers. Uh, and their, their development. So um, I'm, I've personally benefited from, uh, from this network. We've, we've opened that up um, as well to, um, as, a, as a women in analytics network that, that anybody can, can sign up to. Um, and that has started in July um, of this year. And we already have uh, 2,000 uh, members that has, has joined that um, community. We had the, um, the NASA uh, astronaut, uh, Christina Cook, uh, speak at, at one of our events um, recently. Uh, when it comes to, to female um, representation um, in the workforce, um, SAS is proud to be um, ahead of, of most of uh, the technology companies, um, even the, the more progressive ones. We, we have more of a, of a women um, representation um, across, across the levels of um, uh, management that, that we have. Now, it's, it's not just about uh, women, right? There are um, several um, inclusion uh, networks that SAS runs um, for uh, 
people with, with disabilities, uh, military veterans, um, folks, uh, young professionals, very important to, to develop the skills from, from a young age. And our uh, Black Initiatives uh, Network, also very active. They are going to um, uh, broadcast and show the, the new documentary, uh, Coded Bias, um, as part of their online uh, community. It's fantastic. I think I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh, Dr. Jim Goodnight. He is, um, you know, was someone who I looked up to because he said as well about his employees, you know, that his job as a CEO is to make sure that the workforce that walks out at 5, 6 p.m. from the campus, that they return the next day. And uh, this is fantastic. It's, it's so true. Um, one more question I have regarding diversity, because uh, there is a lot of talk and initiatives, but how do we measure the impact? How do we actually can say that these initiatives are bringing in the profits and you know um, innovation and better results for everyone? Uh, do you have any examples from your organizations on the measurement or any ideas on that? I would love to hear that. Situ? So I, I think, you know, the, uh, the representation across uh, all roles, a balanced representation is one of them, because as we know, the, the world is made up of 50-50 men and women from a percentage perspective. So, uh, you know, to, to get the you know, possible available talent pool, you, you have to spread out to, to the same level of representation. So, you know, the, in all the roles, I think, you know, we should aim for the, the ideal equilibrium will be 50-50, right? Um, I think the, the other thing will be in terms of the, uh, the pay parity. I think that is one of the key um, components that, um, that I think companies are, are focusing on these days as well. The, the pay parity, equal pay for, for equal job uh, is another one. And, and finally, I, I will say that um, your client satisfaction, whether or not you are a relevant company, uh, comes from whether you are able to cater for your uh, client base and your client base is made up of uh, you know, people that are, di they are diverse and hence your, your workforce should be equally diverse if you want to, and to make sure that your clients are represented. It is so true. It's, as organizations are turning from product-centric to customer-centric, the client satisfaction is actually as well a huge metric in, in, in this regard. It's very true. How about SaaS? Yes, um, so absolutely. Um, as as Suchu was saying, um, if we, we are not measuring how we are doing and, and where we potentially have some growth areas, uh, we can't really do much, um, much about it. So, so definitely um, it needs to be measured and an improvement needs to be needs to be made. Um, I think a big challenge um, at the moment is the talent pool. So developing um, the skills um, to have a diverse teams across your, your organizational structure uh, within, your, within your company. But, it, um, but to your point, Kiana, it's, it's absolutely a board level um, uh, conversation and, um, and progress need to be um, made at the right level. And, and not just about uh, gender, but um, diverse uh, backgrounds and, and skill sets. We uh, recently had one of our models um, discriminating against um, young adults, just because we, we had a, a small uh, population of, of, of that part um, uh, in, our, in our training data. So, um, so yes, it's, it's more than, than just uh, the, the women, it's also um, the other uh, inclusion groups. 
That's, well, that's so interesting to to hear um, that as a as an example. That's um, that's great, and and definitely leads me on uh, to to a, a follow up question that I have for for both of you around, you know, with with the the rise of of machine learning and AI and and uh, companies developing their capabilities. Uh, you know, very quickly and, and being able to leverage the software that's out there like SaaS, um, it's progressed really quickly. This field has progressed really quickly and the applications uh, have progressed every, really quickly. So I wanted to ask you, does it feel, does it feel like, like it's, it's done? Like, does it feel like we've explored everything that could be explored? And, and if not, what are some of the areas that, that have you personally excited about the, the work that's being done at the moment or that you have um, coming up? So maybe, maybe I'll, I'll ask um, Sue, Sue Chu first. Uh, do you feel in this space and the AI and ML applications, do you feel like we're done? And, uh, and are there any particular areas that you might be working on or that you see coming up that are particularly exciting? Oh, I think uh, actually I'm very excited by the power that uh, the AI and data uh, yeah, is giving us now. Actually, I think, you know, we, we can use this uh, to um, basically achieve gender equality. Uh, that, that is my hope, actually. We are not done yet. I think, uh, you know, the, the agenda just, uh, just started uh, in terms of the, the leverage of AI, especially in uh, correcting the biases that is there. Um, the, the awareness amongst companies on how to um, use AI for good, including all this good that we are talking about, uh, is uh, just at the starting phase. And hopefully, you know, in the next couple of years, it will be pervasive and it will be part of the DNA of every company. Amazing. That's great. Um, Teresa, how about from, from your perspective? Yes, to, to echo that, um, I think we... We, we are seeing good progress in, in areas such as uh, process automation and um, uh, models, model accuracy. Um, but, but to Suchi's point, we, we're just scratching the surface. Um, computer vision, um, natural language processing, um, really bringing the human back, um, back into, into the technology. That, that, is, um, that is where the, the power of, of um, AI um, is and and yes, we we often blame these um, uh, algorithms for for bias and for um, discriminating. Um, but it's it's um, as as Suchi was also also mentioning, it's a great way to uh, to measure and identify um, uh, discrimination and and then fix it, remediate it uh, within the algorithm, and then you'll have a consistent way of of decision making. So, um, so yes, the, the future looks uh, very exciting. That's fantastic. Uh, when we are talking about the future, um, would you share with our listeners advice from your perspective uh, to all the leaders out there to drive the um, diversity-led innovation? What would be the one single advice, you know, one sentence or keyword they should focus on from your perspective, where did you see that uh, diversity made the biggest impact in a leadership? Situ. I think uh, to me, uh, leadership by an example, be, be the ally and advocate and uh, show the way. Bring along those uh, who are hesitant along in, in this journey and make them uh, feel safe. Ally, uh, that's so true and feeling safe. And I think as well, you mentioned it before, 
Um, we need allies. We cannot talk about diversity just within a women or just within, yes. uh, a, a, you know, unified circles. So that's so important to talk about diversity with diverse groups. Uh, what about uh, you, Teresa? Yes, at, at uh, SAS, we have a saying, um, it's not about uh, you fitting into the culture. Um, it's about you adding, um, adding to it. So we can be um, intentional in creating environments where our colleagues feel valued and, and secure and um, included. Um, and um, uh, be the ally. So if, if um, you manage to, to speak up and advocate for, for groups that might be underrepresented, I think that's a good way for anybody um, to, to get involved. And we see that that opening up these um, new conversations, uh, gaining, seeking out new perspectives uh, from colleagues or from people outside of your organization, that can spark uh, new ideas and create a catalyst for, uh, for new innovations. So there's, there's definitely benefit in, in, um, in uh, seeking out and, and speaking up um, about, about these topics. That's fantastic. I have one more question for you because we might have people from the She Loves Data community listening in and we have you as accomplished leaders. Uh, what would be your advice to women out there that are looking at their careers and thinking what are the steps that they should take to have positions like yours? Uh, Teresa, let's start with you. What was your, you know, a big career breakthrough and what would you advise the future female leaders? Sure, let me, um, and I've, I've certainly not um, got the answers for, for all the questions, but um, after 20 years um, in the industry, what I would um, advise the, the younger generation is, is keep an open mindset, a, a growth mindset. So keep on learning. Don't expect that, you will um, learn a bunch of skills and then for the rest of your career, um, just apply that. Those days um, are, are over. So keep on uh, learning, investing in, in yourself. Um, and then as, as women, we, we have all these, these different roles um, to play. So ask for help. Um, it takes a village. So um, get support with, with your family and, and with your, your own uh, personal um, interests um, as well. So, so you are you are a balanced a balanced person. Oh, I love that upskilling, learning, growth mindset, and asking for help. We often forget that. That's very true. Thank you, Teresa. What about you, Situ? For me, actually, uh, share with you guys my one of my favorite icon. It is uh, the fearless girl that has been created by State Street. Uh, you know that is right now uh, standing in front of the yeah. New York Stock Exchange. Yeah, so my advice will be to be fearless because uh, I think typically women are more self-aware and perhaps uh, less self-confident than uh, men. So, you know, when, when you are coming up the ranks, you should be more confident and bolder in everything you think you can do because if you believe you can, you can. I love That's it. That's amazing. Perfect. That is amazing. That is a fantastic, fantastic advice. And and, and uh, an amazing uh, note to end on. So I want to thank you guys so very much for for all your time, uh, for sharing your insights, your perspectives. It's been fantastic. Uh, Yana, fantastic. Great um, co-hosting with you as always. I'm loving the way that this series is taking shape. And uh, Suchu, 
Teresa, thank you, thank you so much for everything that you've shared and and for for helping um, to develop the future leaders that are that are coming up. Uh, your your thoughts and your perspectives are so so important. Uh, thank you, thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you, my pleasure.